1: Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317 559 PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just
2: reached my answering machine. I'm Good morning, it is 1033. It's I'm time sure to hear from you. 317 684 8444. We've got your voicemails.
0: Get back to Yesterday, you read correspondence mm-hmm. from James, James, who is uh, currently serving time at the Plainfield Correctional Facility. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the show. We appreciate James listening.
2: He said I have the voice of an angel. He
0: is really into you. Doesn't seem to care much about me or Kev, Well, I mean, but he's really into you. Yeah. And so I had proposed that, as Hammer and I did mm-hmm. for that, fine, upstanding college grad who invited us to his graduation, Mm -hmm. and we surprised him with the showing up and hanging out with him and pounding a few brews with him and his family, that you could make this guy's day the same way as we made that kid's day, Mm -hmm. and that we should figure out a way for you to have a kind of a surprise visit to James at the Plainfield Correctional Facility.
2: Yeah, and it's a little different of a scenario. One was a social gathering where you had libations and family members were around um, compared to someone who is serving time in the Plainfield Correctional Facility who can't even have ice cream. So, little different.
0: Yeah, but look, I'm saying (laughs) the the gift of giving.
2: You brought gift cards with you to the (laughs) graduates party. Uh, We'll be bringing police officers with us.
0: The gift of giving never goes out of style, though, Casey. Mm -hmm. And so I I had posed the question to our audience, because I know many people may have some sort of experience. Either we have had people call, say, I was in the joint at one point, or they, you know, loved ones, or unloved ones or whatever, how it actually works to go visit someone like, you know, in the movies, it's always you know, someone's behind a thing of glass and you've got a telephone and they've got a telephone and, you know, whatever. And I said, how does it work in the real world? And so we got a couple of phone calls about how visiting someone that is incarcerated might work for us.
1: Guys, you just got done talking about field uh, prison. I, I had a it was down there, and I'd go and see. Well, there's a big room, and there's like uh, vending machines. You know, chips, uh, uh, candy bars, cokes. You can buy them something, uh, and they sit there, and they just sit right across from you. You know, and like build cafeteria chairs. You know, without tables in front of you. Um, but you got to go through. A, you know. Um, a metal detector, and you know, empty your pockets and put them in your phone in the locker. Blah blah blah. But yeah, you got to call ahead to set that up. But uh, you know, it sounds like a neat idea. You guys ought to take a field trip. That'd be that'd be fun. I think <laughs> it's not bad.
2: Kennel and Casey on the road. Okay, so what we could go buy him a coke and a whatchamacallit call candy bar. Whatever he wants, and and sit there in the cafeteria room. I wonder if it's one day only. Like is it a specific like Tuesdays. I don't know. Is that, the day.
0: Here is the one thing that would concern me. And my dad used to tell me this all the time because he was a federal law enforcement officer, and part of one of the many things he did was he would have to go visit people in uh, mm-hmm. serving time in fe- various federal establishments. And you used to have to check, in his case, his service weapon at the door, and they would basically tell you, you are on your own once you enter this place. If they, you know, take you Mm -hmm. hostage, we don't care at all, and you are insignificant to us, and we're not letting people out on your behalf. So I would be very concerned that a local celebrity such as myself Uh heading out, that there could be some sort of maybe, you know, shenanigans pulled, and then no one would be able to secure my safety at the correctional facility.
2: That's nice. You're worried about yourself. (laughs) You're the one who's all gung-ho about this idea, and you're like, I'm worried about me. He's not
0: in love with me, Casey. He's in love with you.
2: Well, James, I feel, would not bring any harm to me. No, I don't think so at all. if we're going to do something like this, I think I'm going to need someone bigger than the two of you. Uh, Maybe Matt Bear is available.
0: Matt Bear would be fine. (laughs) Uh... He, He works
2: out. (laughs) <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so we did get another call about the process and procedures by which we would go visit James at the correctional facility.
1: Uh, you guys were reading James's letter. He is from the Plainfield Correctional Facility. Also, I can tell you from experience in that department that you guys have to be on a visitation list for anybody to come visit him is how it used to be. Basically, the guy, the inmate in jail would send the person on the outside a form a paper, you know, some kind of paperwork. The person from the outside sends it back to the prison. The prison basically looks into your life, sees your background, etc., and will either give you an approval or a disapproval. But in your guys' case, being the radio host, that could be different. So, but it would be pretty cool if you went in there and interviewed him, because, believe it or not, they have a lot of luxuries you want to say while you're in there if you have the green stuff money it's like on the outside you got money you can get whatever you want inside the prison i mean as far as you'll have a radio a tv ad lock i mean so anyway keep up the good work god bless thank you guys
2: so this has turned into a homework project James would have to fill out some paperwork or at least submit some paperwork.
0: Yeah. And how do we communicate with James? Because the snail mail seems like a very long venture. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we write him back? Can we write him back? Is do we just attention James and then his last name? He can get mail.
2: I'm sure he can get mail. Receive mail. Right. And then what? We we bring him money so that he can buy his own Coke and whatchamacallit candy (laughs) bar while he's there i don't know rob you i think you've got to uh you said you knew somebody
0: yeah i do uh my dear friend phil slavens one of the all-time great hoosiers winner of a sagamore the wabash award used to run the plainfield correctional facility for years he's retired now but Mm -hmm. i will reach out to him and find out exactly what steps we need to go through i've been a little busy what with the newborn baby and right and whatnot that i didn't have i didn't have time to do that yesterday but what
2: does mike say about this
0: Oh, uh, Dad, uh, a well, former
2: federal dad investigator
0: gave me uh, several pieces of advice okay. on on how to do this, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I feel would feel very well prepared. Okay, if we should okay. choose to move forward.
2: I'm reading between the lines
0: here. In this, in this <laughs> venture, it, okay, Dad was a uh, was just it was just a sl- just a. Barrage of text messages from my father yesterday uh-huh. about how it all works.
2: Was and- any of it? Stop talking, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> stop. I'm a up. Give- stop no. going in that direction. Here's what my the, day- d- the dude, was not overly excited well, about this idea. Here's
0: the thing. Here's the thing. My The thing my father learned about me a long time ago is I'm a giver, Casey. Mm -hmm. And if you think about much of my life, it has been about giving to others Mm -hmm. as a public servant, Mm -hmm. as an elected official, as a a defeater of school referendums. Most of my life has been making others' lives better. And so he understands, you know, this guy is a fan of our show. Mm -hmm. Really, he's a fan of yours. Mm -hmm. And I'm about making people, trying to make people happy.
2: Yeah, Uh, somebody reminded me that Mike Tyson was actually he was in the Plainfield Correctional Facility. That is correct. While I really do appreciate James listening, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think about this because obviously I am a mother and I need to consider my own
0: safety. Absolutely, yeah. So we'll we'll continue to to information Mm -hmm. gather Mm -hmm. on a potential trip to the Plainfield Correctional Facility. Sounds good. Uh, But we do thank everybody who listens wherever you listen from we yes. appreciate you mm-hmm. uh okay so you may recall yesterday we got on a conversation about elton john yep. he's he's uh bid adieu to the touring
2: world he performed his last show in stockholm
0: yes and um, he's been at it for fi- over 50 years and we got in a conversation about where elton john kind of ranks in the all-time ether plethora whatever of you know artists in terms of you know touring capacity recording capacity you know where we we take them all together where do we stick him and i think we kind of agreed that elton john a major hang-up for us was he didn't write his own lyrics yeah bernie taupin did that correct so it's sort of a team duo here rather than somebody um, who kind of did his own work per se and then somehow you And Kev started talking about how Elton John didn't hold a, no pun intended, hold a candle to Kurt Cobain.
2: I didn't. Okay. No, that's not what I said. I did not say he didn't hold a candle to Kurt Cobain. I was using Kurt Cobain as an example Uh of someone who was a musical game changer. I was not putting Elton John on the same level as Kurt Cobain. I was just saying Kurt Cobain changed the musical landscape of what you heard on the radio mm-hmm. when he entered the scene yes whereas elton john didn't necessarily do that
0: oh okay i'm I, yeah i mean I should, here, here, well here, real quick here i you know i heard oh my gosh his hair and the, <laughs> and the, and the, and the flannel shirts and the holy jeans and that's that's
2: what you heard my libido my mosquito lyrics oh well, it's
0: poetry Oh <laughs> uh, yes kev
2: selective hero. Oh, I was just gonna
0: say I, th- I mean, I think
2: Elton John is great Yeah, It's just that Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, right. they were kind of at the right time and right place mm-hmm. to become that mm-hmm. cultural uh, you know, they kind of spearheaded a movement.
0: Well, you're a huge fan. Kev was on something about if you speed up Smells like teen spirit, how great it is. I mean, you're like a super <laughs> yeah, fanboy for Nirvana.
2: They've got punk roots, yeah. and I like punk music, yeah. and, you know, I'm just into it.
0: Well, some people were very, very angry at the both of you <laughs> oh, no. for putting Kurt Cobain up on such a pedestal because, well, and rightfully so, Yeah, Nirvana sucks. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to preface this voicemail by saying that Nirvana stinks. <laughs> I never got why they were good. Um... That being said, though, Rob, uh, do you really think that Nirvana's lyrics are worse than Bruce Springsteen's creepy song, uh, or creepiness at the beginning of the song, I'm on Fire? Oh! It's, hey, little girl. Uh-huh. Is your daddy home? Ew! Did he go and leave you all alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a bad desire. Oh. I was waiting for her him to ask her if she wants some candy and to hop in his windowless van. <laughs> so, yeah, Nirvana... Like I said, Nirvana stinks, and so does Bruce Springsteen. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, take that, Rob Kendall. <laughs> I always love the. I love the audience members. Like we open up this voicemail so people can have their opinions, and their whole thing is, "I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna go after Springsteen. That'll show him. Mm-hmm. That'll
2: be it." Do you think that Bruce Springsteen was a musical game changer?
0: Uh, well, again, I'm a total. Unlike Kev, I can admit my Homer fanboyism. Uh-huh. I think, in terms of I think the live performance, I think Bruce okay. Springsteen was one of the first people who wrote albums to in order to tour, whereas previously it was people toured out of force as part of the album promotion okay and, and people would copy off of uh, bruce springs yes. they, like uh john <laughs> Band. i mean okay. did. but here's the thing i gotta say that song it is one of that is one of the great i'm on fire is one of the great music videos of the 1980s one of the most underappreciated music videos of the 1980s because it is very clearly about an adult woman And a man and she the video is great she brings him the car to work on and he works on the car and there's the connection between them and he wakes up in the middle of the night and he he drives the car out to her house way out in the hills and he's gonna go up there and he's gonna he's gonna ring that doorbell and he's gonna he's gonna tell her that he loves her forever and and that he wants to be with her forever and then he gets up to the doorbell and he sees the silhouette In in the in the bedroom, and he just he can't do it because he knows she's with the other adult guy, Mm -hmm. and he just drops the keys in the mailbox, and then just. Chuckles to himself as he walks away through the hills.
2: You know, Bruce Springsteen was on the radio a lot, like you mentioned, in the 80s. And then he went into the whole tunnel of love phase. And you also had people like Madonna and Lionel Richie and Poison and Belle Biv DeVoe. And then you know what happened? What? Nirvana and Kurt Cobain (laughs) came along (laughs) and totally changed the musical landscape. Well,
0: we're going to go to a break. And I'm going to take people to a break because... I'm on Fire has one of the great lines in musical history. It's like someone took a knife, edgy and dull, cut a six-inch valley through the middle of my skull. (laughs) It's a lot better than my libido, my mosquito.